Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Today, we have our guest, Mac Jackson Jr., the security guy. <laughs> Welcome. Thank cybersecurity, you. cybersecurity guy. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it, Chrissy. How are you doing? I'm great. Yes. So I'm excited to talk about cybersecurity and profiting in business as a healer or transformational leader. Can you tell us how those are even connected in any way? Sure. To keep your profits and maintain security in your <laughs> In your strive to become successful, you need to be able to protect your data, protect your information, and not have it to be compromised or stolen by cyber hackers. And the best way to do that is to be aware. Think of cybersecurity awareness as a way to do that. Come up with policies and plans where you're training your employees in how to protect your data in ways that hackers can compromise or extort and exploit your organization. So what about small businesses that don't feel like that's a problem? And that is a, that is a gift to hackers. Uh, that is a gift to hackers because of that, uh, because the small businesses do not see it as a problem. So can you share with us some some examples of how a small business that's just starting out that just does you know service-based small like we're probably using stripe we probably have a website um you know yeah. some funnels and some freebies out there and that's about it <laughs> sure you use stripe you use other funnels you have other applications that you're utilizing you send emails to your bank um, for loans you um, contract with your clients um, with contracts, all that information that you're doing back and forth. Hackers can be able to exploit that information by monitoring what you're doing and waiting for the right contact that you will, that you will send to someone that is uh, of a bigger business, right? If they can't steal from you, they'll wait till you're working for another contractor as a subcontractor and maybe transfer their malware to the larger corporation hmm. or have employees that you're working with, right? Or, or someone that you know in your database, that's another good one. So the hackers, if you were, let's say you're a small business, you maybe have a thousand clients, you know, small company, only making a couple thousand dollars every other month, but you can still be vulnerable because in your list of contacts and people that you know is where the gold is and the gold is information and and, tech, and that's where the hackers are looking for to exploit. Have you um, seen on the news last week where there's a big, big to-do about Uber? No, Uber you're, you're, you're talking to a whole bunch of people that probably don't watch the news. <laughs> In this healing world, we avoid the news. <laughs> and that's a big vulnerability. Hackers love that. Hackers <laughs> and, and everybody else, good. If you're not watching the news, that means you're not knowing what's going on. And that's exactly like, people that don't have locks on their doors. Oh, we never have to lock our doors. Okay, no, okay, good. Don't lock your doors, <laughs> get robbed, right? Same thing when it comes to news, you need to be aware of what's going on. So Uber had a big cyber attack last week where all their employees and, 
and uh, vendors, everyone was ex was exposed. And it was very simple to do. The hack attack that the hacker did was able to get the employee to give their password. And thereby were able to exploit and get all this data. So yeah, it's very, very important, um, even for small businesses, because what you just said, Paul, small business thinking, oh, it's not going to happen to us. That's what the hacker's looking for. They like that when people say that. Or um, my data, I don't, my, my credit's bad, so I don't have to worry about it. Yes, that's great. Hackers will definitely jump on those people too. If you have bad credit, you're a perfect candidate to get hacked because you're not going to check your credit report, right? So a hacker will then in turn get a little loan, put in your name. Could be a small loan where they're paying on it. $6 every month for a Netflix account or something, a Hulu account. You're not going to check it because you went through a divorce or whatever. You're not going to check your account. Next thing you know, your credit score starts to slowly creep up and creep up and creep up. And once you get to a certain level that it's approved by a bank, the hacker will then go back in and get another loan for a larger amount. You had no idea that it was going on because the last you checked, your credit score was at the 300s. But when the bank proved your loan, it's now up to 700. And now you own a condo across the country that you never visited that's being foreclosed on. So how did you get involved in cybersecurity and why are you passionate about sharing this with small businesses? Because I've been in programming a long time and uh, worked with lots of clients in security, um, being a developer, and being an ethical hacker myself, I've actually seen it, seen how these malfeasance, if you would, have happened and transpired, and want to do my part to help bring, bring awareness out to the public of what they can do to protect themselves, um, especially when you see companies going through this, especially from small to large corporations that are in a panic once they found out their data records have been exposed. And it's more than just saying, oh, no, I can't get in my bank account because it's been hacked. Now it's like, what are your customers are going to say once they know that you had a cyber attack? What are your employees going to think? And then all the lawsuits that happen. And lawsuits are even happening with the small companies that are being sued because they're not doing their due diligence. They were negligent. For example, if you're doing, selling a product or a service and you have a, a form to fill out, right? And you write down your customer, let's say you're selling a book or you're selling one of your programs, your services, and they come to one of your events and you say, yeah, sign your name here with your credit card number. We'll send you one of our books rather than using Stripe or something of that nature. Uh, because there's companies who don't know, they may say, well, we'll put it in Stripe later on when we get to the office. But right now, let's get your information so you can get, get my book, right? and you write it down on a piece of paper, their credit card number, address, phone number, you basically created currency out of thin air. So what are some steps that someone like a new coach or a, mm -hmm. you know, a new therapist just starting out, just taking a few things here or there, what can they sure. do to start um, ensuring that they're secure and they're protecting themselves and their clients? Yeah, so one of the best things they can do is to look at their, think of it like your house. When you buy a new home um, that was previously owned from someone else, what's the first thing that you do when you buy this home or even an apartment? You change the locks in the front door, right? You change the locks. Same mm -hmm. thing you need to do with your 
with your network system, your access. So you need to change your passwords. You need to make sure you have strong, strong passwords. And with that said, I'm going to take it to the second level. Let's define that. It's not a password anymore, folks. It's a passphrase. Okay. One of the so somebody like me who I can't even remember, you know, <laughs> a basic password and it's already like security to keep someone else out keeps me out. <laughs> so, so what are some, some tips that you have for somebody like that? Because you're telling me to make my passwords even more complicated and I'm just never going to remember them. Oh, no, not more, compli more complicated for the hackers, but make it easier for you to remember. Okay. So the reason why, because lots of families now, they have multi-generations that live within the household, right? You have your eight-year-old that need to have access to the internet, and you have your 80-year-old that need to have access to the internet. So if you have a complex password, <laughs> those two generations are not going to remember what it is. That's, exactly. that's too complicated. So what you need to do is you create a passphrase, right? A passphrase. You mentioned in the beginning of your of your meeting here, to have your podcast here, um, the mission statement of your podcast. That's English sentence that you came up with. You could use that as a passphrase. In other words, you could take the first letter out of that uh, that sentence with an exclamation point or some sort of punctuation at the end of the sentence. And that's a phrase. It's a phrase that easily for you to remember because about your life, your environment. Of course, it's easy for you to remember. Hackers won't be able to figure that out. Never put any personal identifiable information in your passphrase, like your address, social security number, age, year you're born, any of that goofy stuff that our financial institutions are asking us to do, you know, what's your, what's your favorite movie, that kind of thing. No, no, no. You have a passphrase, something that you and your family can remember and uh, makes it easier for, you know, you, you to get back in your system. Once you have your passphrase done, then you need to think of a password management system. Let me ask you this. How many passwords or websites, let's put it this way, how many websites do you think you have that you visit online? That have your that you log in with the user ID and a password. What do you think your number is? How many do I log into like on a regular basis? Regular basis, even on a non-regular basis. You know, passwords, everything from your financials to school to you know whatever they may they may be. I mean, you know, upwards of probably over twenty, I would say, just because everything is everything is online. Everything, you Correct. know, bank accounts and. Yeah. Applications and doctors and doctors. everything. Yes. And what and all that you said, it's called those are assets. Those are data assets. And that's information that hackers or criminals would want to have access to. And which with all of that, you should always have an individual password for all of those different websites, right? Individual passwords. You don't have the same password for every website. She smiles. That's funny. Because I have <laughs> Most of my clients and students do the same thing. When I mention that to them, they're like, okay, <laughs> you, should have a, you should have a different password for everyone. Again, it's the same thing as, think about it. It's the same thing if you have a home, you have your office. Let's say you have a um, beach house. Do you have the same key to open the lock? No, we have I different keys. I could. <laughs> what if you could? Ah, that's good. And we'll... And we'll We'll use that point too. You would if you could. So 
you have to have a different password for every website that you visit. And it can be very monotonous and tedious having to remember all these different passwords. And a lot of times people will cheat. They'll have um, a password like five digits that I remember. And at the last digit, you'll have a one and a two and a three for each of the websites, right? Thinking of ways for them to remember it. And right there, hackers would take advantage of that too, because they would, they would come up with ways to guess your password. The best solution for that is, is to use a password management system. What a password management system is, is that it's a software program that works within your browser that you utilize. And what it will do, it will remember all of the user IDs and passwords for every website that you visit. And it will encrypt, encrypt. Encrypt means that it will take your information and scramble it where it can't be seen. It likes makes scramble eggs out of it, okay? You can't bring it back to the red, you can't make another egg if it's scrambled, right? And it scrambles your user ID and your password. Thereby, all you have to remember is one user ID and one password. There you go, there's your answer to your master key. But all the other websites that you go to are encrypted within a password management system. And so how does that translate into other devices? Yes, like your smartphones? Yeah, so you've got your, your laptop, you have your, you know, you have your Audible or um, Kindle, you have your phone, you have your home computer. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of devices. TVs yes. are now smart TVs. You have to have passwords on your TVs. Mm -hmm. Password your teacher, all those devices and all those devices can use the password management, the same password management software can be uploaded into those devices. And so that's one of the first things I would suggest password management system. Second okay. one is to change your password, have a passphrase. Third is to use a system we called multi factor authentication. Sounds very com complicated, but what it basically. <laughs> yeah, what it basically is that if you go to a website and you'll say, hey, I'm Christy, I want to sign in. They'll say, okay, you're Christy, huh? Well, let us send a code to your phone to verify that it's you. So they'll send a code to your phone and they'll say, so what's the password? So you'll enter that code from your phone to the website and that will allow you to get in. A lot of banks and organizations are using two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the speakeasy back in the day, right? You go to the door, you knock on the door, guy opens up the slide. Hey, who sent you? Bugsy, what's the password? <laughs> you don't send the right password, you can't get in, right? That's <laughs> that's uh, an analogy what how we're doing with uh, hardware and software right now, a way to get into systems, uh, giving you a another level of protection when it comes to protecting your password. So it's very, very important you have. Yeah. So tell us um, a hero story, like a situation that can we can resonate with that will help us to really have a desire to implement these security measures. Sure, um, hero story comes more from incidences that are happening on a daily basis. For example, you get that phone call from um, so-called Amazon telling you that you have purchased a Amazon iPhone, that there is a charge on your credit card for X amount of dollars. And did you authorize it? And if so, they will ship the phone to you. 
you're thinking, well, I didn't authorize that. Or like, well, yeah, we have the last four digits of your credit card number and I give it your last four digits. Now, right there, you're thinking they must be legitimate. They have the last four digits of my credit card number. Wow. Well, I need to get this resolved. So who do I talk to? Put me, you know, you, you give me your caring attitude, right? Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> and I send you to the manager, right? And the manager says, great, but let's get you online here, Miss Karen, and uh, we're going to fix your credit card. Uh, since we have four digits and we have your name and your phone number, can you verify your identity? Bam! Those people end up giving all the information they need to basically get stolen, get robbed, basically, or getting robbed that way, right? Because now the bad guys on the other, other side are trying to get into their computer. They'll say, go to this website and we'll get this uh, deleted from your account and reverse so you don't have to have this charge. And a lot of people who, do, who do, do not know about this situation will fall for it. Now that I've told you, and hopefully you will tell other people and other thousands of people will hear this message, when they get that call, they'll do the old fashioned way. The thing that our parents told us what to do, right? You get a call on the phone that you don't know, what do you normally do? Hang up on them. That's right. Hang up, delete, sorry, not interested, and you move on. That's the best way to handle this type of, those type of uh, types of transactions. Yeah. Well, thank goodness I have a pretty good radar for that kind of thing. I don't know where that comes from, but I always have had that. But I know people um, mm -hmm. that don't have that. I, my own mother, my daughters even had, you know, some things happen. Um, so they can be pretty sneaky. So I do understand that, you know, yeah, they, the damage that can happen from something like that. Yeah, the tactic is called social engineering. Social engineering. And that's when you'll get the phone calls, the emails. You get people um, disguising themselves like they uh, trying to befriend you, either brazenly on the phone by, with a phone call telling you, hey, Christina, I want to give you a call about this yada yada you purchased. They may have partial data that they hacked in from a, a database that you were part of. Maybe you purchased something from an organization where you gave your credit card and that company was hacked. Now they have your information. And now they're trying to get information from you, right? And it's yeah. it, it, like building a jigsaw puzzle. Mm -hmm. Each piece of that jigsaw puzzle, I think I mentioned this before, each piece of that jigsaw puzzle could be information about you that the hackers in the dark net are kind of putting together. And once they put together this jigsaw puzzle and come up with a puzzle of Christy Kindle, they'll say, great, we have Christy Kindle's puzzle here, but we want to sell this now to another bad guy. But the other bad guy, she has red hair. So they tell her, hey, you know what? You need to dye your hair blonde. And now you can, you can pose as Christy Kindle and pretend you're a real estate agent, pretend you, you are um, a homeowner, you can get a, a driver's license, you could then commit a speeding violation, pull over by the cops. They show the ID, says Christy Kendall, and guess who gets in trouble? It's yeah, you. I was wondering like, where the legal stuff, the, the lawsuits that you mentioned, how that would play into it. Sure. So that's sure. So three areas that companies are very co concerned with, small businesses and large, and that is the reputation that a company has after a, an incident a cyber incident happens to a company, the business reputation, what are, what are the, what's the marketplace going to think about the business, right? The financial losses of, of things that they have to expense from it. 
and the legal entanglement. That was to your question. The legal entanglements, those are the lawsuits. Lawsuits could happen even in small companies, small businesses. You could be a, a two-person shop or a one-person shop and still have a multi-million dollar lawsuits mm -hmm. against you if your customers in your database were hacked and it was negligent on your site. Meaning that if there was an audit going on or a legal issue and you're saying, okay, so what did you guys do to protect your customers' data? You're like, I don't know, I just used Stripe. Okay, you strike, but you had a spreadsheet where you have all your customers' information, their contacts, and you had their credit card numbers or phone numbers, birth dates. You know, you had information there. Did you lock that down? Was it locked down? Was it put into a system? Did you use passwords? Things like that. Yeah. But once you do your due diligence, you know, it's not a really a scary thing. It's but it's beyond, it's more than just common sense because these hackers are looking at vulnerabilities. Like you and I are talking, there are meetings going on just like that, but in the bizarro world, it's the opposite. They're saying, so Christy, what can we do to hack into senior citizens in the US today? What do you guys come up with? What are ways that we could do that? They're saying, well, these older people that use the ARP, they don't know about yada yada. How can we break into their system? And they have meetings just like you and I are doing. So we must counter that by talking about it and letting people know what's going on. So we just need to be mindful and put the password, what did you call it? Password management system. Password yep. management system. Don't mm -hmm. write your credit card numbers down, you know, your clients, which anymore you just send invoices. So that's pretty good. You know, like Stripe invoices, PayPal invoices, things like that. True, it's really interesting. So you send a PayPal invoice, right? You have an email, PayPal invoice. We, let me just give you an example how um, malware and viruses will work, right? So if you have malware in your systems, what a hacker would do, they would play a game called man in the middle, right? So now you are sending an invoice to Stripe or sending an invoice to your customer via Stripe or what have you. The man in the middle is where they are like a filter. When you send an invoice, it goes to the hacker, they read it, and then it goes to Stripe or to your customer. Now they're learning how you send your invoice. If they catch that invoice, they could say, oh, by the way, there was an additional service here that we forgot to tell you about, to bill you on. And it's with your email address and they send it to your customer. Now your customer's going, well, Chrissy, you sent me two invoices. One of them's for your product. The other one's from some company in South Korea. <laughs> well, of course, normally you'd say, ah, that must be wrong. I'm not going to pay it. Right, but these these guys are very sophisticated. It wouldn't be from South Korea. It would be from your bank account. It'd be your name on it, stating that it's an additional fee or something else. All types of little things like that. That's what we work on here in my research with other cybersecurity researchers around the country. We look at the types of threats, the types of uh, activities that these hackers come up with and what they do to try to get your information and make you vulnerable. So do you do, um, you know, if somebody's starting out and they want to make sure they're safe, do you do like assessments or can you go in and, you know, set somebody up for optimal security? How does this work? Well, a couple of things. So, you know, insurance is becoming very popular with this, right? Cybersecurity insurance. In other words, if you get hacked and you get down, you can now have policies uh, on your within your cyber, within your insurance policies relating to cyber. But a lot of insurance companies are saying, okay, if we insure this business, what are they doing internally to protect their data? Do you have a 
policy on how do you um, create your passwords? Are you trained in cybersecurity hygiene? And if you are, a lot of companies, a lot of insurance companies are saying, okay, great, we can insure this, this company or not, right? And they can um, insure you. So yeah, so a business should have cybersecurity awareness insurance um, if they get hacked. Just like if you had a fire in your organization, what happens if you get a fire? You call your insurance company and say, hey, we got hit by a fire. Same thing if you get hacked. What do you do? You call your IT guy, right? You call your IT guy and say, hey, my computer's locked up. I don't well, know how to fix it. Most of us are our own IT guys. <laughs> or your nephew or your nieces. Absolutely. You get that all the time. Yeah, my nephew set up my, my uh, internet. I tell you, the pandemic was a gift for hackers because when you're working at a company, you have a very, very rigid IT team department that they spend millions of dollars um, setting up all of the employees, right? And their workstations at work. But when people start to work from home, like you said, who's the IT person? They are. <laughs> now they're vulnerable. So now the, IT, the hackers are going, great. Now we have all these people working from home. They don't have the IT departments over at their house setting up their router. A lot of people have no idea what a dual band router is, right? What is a dual band router? I don't, they don't know. Or what is the, the WAP, W-A-P, you know, setting up on my, my router? People have no idea what that is. But you could drive around neighborhoods with a laptop wirelessly and pick up all these different home hotspots and Wi-Fi's going on because they're not secured. So policies and procedures, that's what's important. Making your, you have policy procedures set up, um, education, education, education. That's our best defense against these types of cyber attacks. And what my company does is that we would go to a company and help them create a policy. Um, a, a very simple policy that it, they can run, they can do. Matter of fact, a lot of it we talked about now here on your show. We just talked about a lot of these policies that are in place. Once they're written down, if anything were to happen, like a lawsuit or not, they could say, "Hey, I've done my due diligence. I've done the best I can. This is what I've done." Versus going, "Well, I don't know. I just send my stuff to Stripe, and I'm trying to sell my coaching services, and you know, uh, I did the best that I can." Well, we need to do a little more because hackers are looking upon people that are not doing these things in protecting data. Yeah. So where do people go? I'm, I'm assuming you're educating people and you have content because you said educate, educate, educate. So where do they find your material that you're using to educate people? On my website, it's at macjacksonjr.com. That's M-A-C-K Jackson, J-R.com. And there, there are classes, online classes that I offer in cybersecurity awareness, where you can have training on what is the latest different types of attacks that hackers are trying to exploit businesses with. And um, there's courses you could take, certifications, you can get a certificate. But what's cool about the certificates, now you can use it as a marketing for your customers. Now you tell your customers, hey, customer, you can have it on your website. Our company, we've had cybersecurity awareness, education, and training. So we are doing our best and our due diligence in making sure that your data is protected. So once your customers hand you over their information, you can say to them, yes, we are, we are protected. You mentioned Stripe and these other, and PayPal, and these other services. That's great. But what you are not seeing, is, and not just picking on you, but others as well are not seeing, is when you have malware on your computer from the hacker, 
you are typing in your workstation information about your client to send to Stripe. Remember the man in the middle I was telling you about? It's like having someone over your shoulder watching what you do, your keystrokes. And they're recording it. And as soon as you say, click send, and it sends over to Stripe, Stripe then takes it. Now, they're responsible at that point of processing your data, make sure it's not hacked. But while you're sending it over to PayPal or Stripe, wherever, if it's captured by the hacker, they can create other transactions. See how that works? Mm -hmm. It's not a secured tunnel between you and your payment processor when you have malware on your laptop so with, or desktop. With those companies like Stripe or PayPal, they send it through their system, right? So you go into the application, you fill out the invoice, the details of the invoice, and it sends it through their application to the email, right? It's not through, I'm not like typing up an invoice and mailing it from my email address. So how does that work? Well, like like you're you're on your laptop, you bring up Stripes or whoever your payment processor is. As you're typing in your on your keyboard, that signal is sent from your keyboard to the actual website. And what I'm saying is right in the middle of there, that signal is being can possibly be compromised. And it's it's being copied or, or a monitor or watched if you had malware on your machine. It's called key logging is the actual hack attack. It's called key logging. So as you're typing, you're filling out the form, Stripe doesn't know. They don't know that you've been hacked. They're filling out what you sent to them. You're, you logged in with your user ID and that password that you have, like all your other passwords from every account that you log into, right? It's been filled out. My password they, is complex and... Simple, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would die if you knew what my passwords were. <laughs> oh, some of the classes I teach, uh, we talk about the most common passwords, right? Passwords being used. And um, it's really amazing. You see the same passwords every year still bubble up at the top. You know, people using, whoops, same type of passwords when they're breaking in the systems. So yeah, so you have to make sure that you have a proper password logging in um, with your system. Now, the way to, to avoid a lot of this stuff, the key logging I mentioned to you, is to make sure you have antivirus software in your machines, on your devices, your laptops. And of course, do you have antivirus software on your smartphone? Um, I don't know. Interesting. But if I ask you if you have antivirus software on a computer you're talking about right now, you probably say yes, because that's okay. normal. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I mean by vulnerability, low-hanging fruit. Hackers know that. So they're now attacking people with their smartphone by sending them SMS messages. For example, the SMS message you sent me about this meeting today, right? Mm -hmm. That was confirmation. Well, I, that was a question I had because I that's an application through a CRM. Yes. So it's not my yeah. phone number. It's an application through a CRM. Uh-huh. Application through a CRM. Now the application through that CRM with it got, got hacked and they were sending the hackers grabbed phone numbers and said, hey, this is Christy. Just want to thank you for our podcast meeting today. By the way, here's a free gift from this link. You click on the link from a text message and it goes to a illegitimate site, a hacked website, not yours. And what, it, and what they have done, what they have done in the past, these hackers would transfer malware onto the phones. It's not malware on my phone. Don't know it. It doesn't like it 
it jumps out and goes, ha ha, got you. No, when I be stealth about it, it sits and waits like sleeper cells, right? Sits and waits. It sits and waits until I go to an account like a bank or a Target, remember Target? Or Uber or one of these large corporations. And then I go, uh, or better yet, a coffee shop. There we go. I'm sitting at a coffee shop and I'm checking my bank account from a coffee shop. Now that malware can spread to others. So yeah, um, it can be, it can be, you know, detrimental to have that sort of thing set up. So that's what I'm saying. Make sure that you have antivirus software. My point of all is to make sure you have antivirus software on your smartphones as well, and all of your electronic devices, your laptops, your desktops, all of that have antivirus software. And if you're using a hotspot at a coffee shop, make sure you use a VPN. VPN, virtual private network. These software applications are very simple to find on the Android store or the iOS store as well for Apple. You search for VPN or antivirus software and you download them. Some of them are free. Now, the ones that you pay money for offer you a little bit more protection, but as best, and, and nothing's 100%. So it's not saying this will protect you 100% from these accounts, right? Just like a door lock. No door lock is 100%. They can always have, robbers always find a way to break in, right? Same thing, but it's best to have something versus nothing. And it gives you a little peace of mind knowing that you have some sort of protection set up. I just had a question about this because, you know, in this industry, there are a lot of people that are very savvy with technology and all of those things, but then there's a lot that are not. And I mm -hmm. happen to know what a VPN is, but that's because I have assistance overseas and things like that. But some of this could sound very overwhelming. This would have all sounded very overwhelming to me even just two years ago. Um, so what would be a, just like the a foundational starting point for somebody with a new business? Uh, I know you said educating themselves, but um, they can start the education process and they can get the, you know, the security for the password system that you talked about, and they can get the malware protection on their phone and their computer. So those are three yeah. good starting points. Is there yeah. any other starting point you can think of for somebody who, you know, isn't technically tech savvy and doesn't know what things like VPNs are and CRMs and all those, those things. Yeah. Password, password management system. Make sure they have a, the password management system to set up where they have their password to have a master password that they're utilizing. And we, and remember, we don't call it a password. It's a passphrase. Passphrase. Yes. But the password is what people are used to. Mm-hmm. That's a good change we could all start making. There's a website called Have I Been Pond? Have I Been P W E N D? P W E N D? P W E N D, Pond. Okay. Dot com. And it is a website that what you do is you enter your email address. And it will tell you all the databases that your email um, address is in if there has been a breach recently. So you may put your email in there. It'll tell you, for example, Equifax data breach. 
you know, Equifax, that's that's huge, man. <laughs> but all of them, all three credit bureau credit bureaus have been hacked. All three of them. And millions of millions of data have been compromised from it. So think about that. If they can go after these large companies like this, the little guys are happy meals at McDonald's <laughs> for the hackers. You know, that's the easy stuff. Right. And we would think otherwise. We would think that they would have no interest. Right. And that's ex- and that is a perfect vulnerability because mm-hmm. they think the the public says, oh, they don't want to go after me. I I've been divorced. No one wants to come after me. Like, yes, they do, because they know you're not going to do a due diligence and checking your credit. You want to hear another scary one? Parent contacted me about five years ago and said, I have um, they got an a email from a local bank. It was a national bank. And the bank stated them they were trying to get a hold of their son because he has been very good at paying on his car loan and they wanted to offer him a excellent um, new rate and refinancing his car loan. And the parents are like, what? Like, yeah, he's been paying on his loan for at least three years and we want to be able to offer him a better discount on the loan. If we have to get a hold of him, he have, they have your name down there as a reference. And he said, what kind of car is it? He said, it's a Mercedes. And the parents said, Unless it is a Mercedes stroller, we're not interested. So think about this. There was credit on a child, three years old. It was compromised because a hacker was able to hack into an OBGYN of the parents, of the mother. And in the U.S., when a child is born, what are two pieces of data that that they're given? Birth certificate, social security number. And that's what they were able to steal. They were able to steal it and create fraudulent documents pretending they were older, right? Mm-hmm. And because of that, they were able to get this loan. Now, there are a lot of companies are working harder to harden their approval process, but a lot are not offering loans to doing this. So it, when this child has this credit in their name at three years old, they won't know anything until when? 16, 17, think about it. That's a decade and a half of being exploited until they apply for college or try to get a car in their name or going, hey, you have a house that you own and two cars that you didn't pay for when you were eight. What happened? You got a divorce when you were six. What go, what's going on with you? <laughs> right? Yeah. And again, these, it's interesting because now when I tell you these stories like this, what is your first thing you think of, you, you think? Um, well, at first I was like, you know, small business is not going to happen to me. I don't, you know, you're not making up over a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They have no interest in you. Um, you know, and all of that is a perfect vulnerability. You know, so like we're talking now, there are bad guys writing down a list of what you just said. Oh, they think we have no interest in them. Oh, they only make $200,000. Okay. Those are all vulnerabilities (laughs) on our checklist, right? That the bad guys are listing. And I'm thinking, this is why we can go after these Americans, because look at what they're not thinking of. They're saying that they're not going to come after us. They're mm-hmm. thinking that they are not, they're, they're not famous person. They don't have anything. If you don't have anything, our system allows you to get, make your credit better, right? By paying on time, your credit score gets better. So if you don't think you have anything, you're not going to pay attention. And that's what they want. They want people not to pay attention, not to watch the news. The good news, because you're right, there's all lots of crazy stuff going on out there. 
but there are things that are going on that you need to be aware of. Yeah, I think this is great. You know, the topic may not be the most fascinating, but we are talking about business and, and you know, profiting in our businesses and we want to help other people. And it's, you know, we don't want to compromise our clients and we want to have good experiences for anybody who comes our way. So that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you and, and really talk exactly. about this. Cause if anybody's naive about the stuff, it would have probably been me at some point in time. Um, but not anymore. Now you're educated. Now I'm fully and completely educated and super massive protected. <laughs> and I use password phrases and management systems. That's right. <laughs> yes. And your router at your house, beautiful house that you have very, very nice house. Um, your router that you have, when you have guests that come over and say, hey, Christy, by the way, you know, I, I want to show you something on, bring on my laptop and I'm going to get on your, your internet. What is your password to your, to your Wi-Fi? You always would say no, or you would give them the guest version. You have a router in your house. Usually there's a dual band, dual band router, meaning that you have your main one and you have a guest access. That's interesting. And you would give them that guest portal, not your main one, because nowadays, our especially after the pandemic, the routers are becoming the new master key lock for houses, right? You have your security systems, your internet of things, uh, your your assistants. I don't want to say the name, usually it goes off everywhere. (laughs) We have your your electronic assistants, uh, your music, all of it all using access to the internet by using that password to the router. You should not give guests, parents should not let their kids' friends come over and bring their laptops and play games and have access to the main router. It should be the dual band, uh, the additional router. Yeah, that's interesting. We have to talk about that. I went recently and upgraded my Wi-Fi equipment and with the new system, there's not two, but before there was. So that's interesting. I have to look into that. Um, but yeah, this learned- is- what'd you say? You learned something else. It's a- <laughs> yeah. So this is great. I, I hope somebody, you know, takes something from this and um, learns something and, you know, does protect their business. Cause I think it's important, especially if you have big goals and dreams and you're going to you know, keep going with this and profiting and helping people. And so I appreciate you being on here and sharing with this. And it's fun to see somebody passionate and excited about something that's a lot more, you know, left brain, (laughs) different than the normal. So it's been, it's been interesting. So I think I'm glad you you think so. I'm glad you uh, give me the opportunity to talk about it. Um, and that's basically what I what I do with my business is uh, talk and train and and teach people about these types of uh, cyber threats. Yeah. So yeah. I'll leave the, um, your website in the in the description, and people can go and take a look at some of that educational content, and maybe have a conversation with you and set themselves up for some good security and potential business growth. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely follow me there. Uh, also on social media as well. I'm on um, Instagram and YouTube, LinkedIn, of course, Facebook. That's where you and I have met on Facebook. Um, so yeah, if you definitely if I need any, any information in the future about cybersecurity awareness, definitely check me out. Remember to share, like, and subscribe and hit that notification button. <laughs> yes, 
Absolutely. And thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Very welcome. Thank you.